Attention, citizens, it's time for Super Pope Science. This is Super Pope Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. I'm here with Dan and Justin, and they don't know it, but we're going to break some story. While eating mango slices. Well, eating I, mango, I, I spicy mango them. slices. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. They're spicy. As soon as I said, had one and I asked Greg, do you have some water? <laughs> but, Chili uh, and lemon mango spices. But I like the mix of the spice and then the sweetness of the mango. It's, it's really uh, good. It's different, yeah. yeah. All right. So um, let's try ourselves to mix some different flavors together to make something. Uh, you're going to pick horror, sci-fi, action. Or uh, sci-fi. You did horror last time. Okay. Sci-fi. 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 Okay. Um, uh, human antagonist or monster antagonist or alien antagonist? I don't know. Well, pick is one of three. <laughs> Shall I get you a dice? Ask, ask other questions. Ask other questions? Other questions. Okay. Is it set on yeah. a remote outpost, on an alien spaceship, or on a human spaceship? Human. On a human, human spaceship. spaceship. I like okay, that so better. it's a sci-fi story on a human spaceship. That is crashed on an asteroid. That is crashed. A crashed <laughs> spaceship. Okay, what is the antagonist? Is it a monster, a human, or an alien? Does it have to be one of those things? Yes. Alien. Let's go with alien. You're an alien? I just watched last night um, Arctic with, um, I forget the actor's name. Oh, ha- Mads Mikkelsen is in that. Yeah, well, Hannibal. That. Is it good? It's amazing. Well, he's in it, so it must be good. Well, not necessarily. There's another one he did called Polar, funny, oh, funnily yeah, enough, which is not great. No. And he's in that one as well. So but the Arctic doesn't always make the project. Arctic is, yeah, he's, in, he's up north, stranded up yeah, north. Yeah, he's stranded so, in the Arctic. He's surviving. Um, it's just him versus the elements. And he says like four lines the entire film. It's two hours of just him silently struggling to survive. Oh. And so my mind is immediately like going in that direction with this alien stranded on an asteroid. Can we say planetoid? Is that a thing? Planetoid. Because an asteroid implies that we need a spacesuit, but maybe we have the person not need a spacesuit. With an environment, some sort of world. But maybe it's an alien who never needed one anyway. Okay, so it's an alien itself. Yeah. Is the protagonist. Yeah. And we're not going to have any human dialogue. I love it. And he's learning to survive, but he has different needs than a human. Yeah, right. And right? so we, re- we reveal through good visual storytelling how the so alien is different. When you're stranded in the Arctic, what are your first things you're going to need? You're going to need Well, you need well, shelter, I mean, it's food. a mental hierarchy of needs. Yeah, yeah. You need food, shelter, right? Uh, we need water, but maybe an alien doesn't need water. Yeah, maybe he maybe need it's water. plant-based. Maybe it has a bunch of fins that like open up and like drinks in solar energy. Solar energy, but because of the rotation, the level of the rotation, it's very slow, so it only gets. Or maybe there's a big moon over top of it, so there's only a little bit of sunlight that it can get the power from. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have an alien stranded on a world uh, who's slowly starving to death. How do we show that? Uh, is it like draining color maybe? Yeah, you just have it. I think you use a color palette to just show. If it's a plant-based creature, it's really easy to show visual I like that it's information plant-based. that people understand. He's and this green. is a nice, um, last time we did story break and we talked about how the plants ate the murderer at the end of the oh, yeah. story. Oh yeah. And I now guess. we're talking about a plant 
We're a one-note podcast <laughs> here. It's all about the plant it's fiction. The plant. Right, plant fiction. Day of the Triffids. This would be Planet of the Triffids. Okay, so then what is... So it's just... It's just the environment is the monster? What else to be a in, monster. Just... Well, what I'm just using a metaphor here. So it's sort of like how in the film Gravity with Sandra Bullock, space was the monster. It's a horror movie where space is the monster, right? Um, so you, if, we, if this is just a survival story, then yes, that is the case. The, right. The, so uh, then what are the big threats? Well, lack of sunlight is the one. So right. starvation. It would be starvation, right? That would be one of them. Um, escape. Like, not, you know, being trapped there is a threat, right? So it's so going to rebuild its ship or it's going to build up. Somehow has to escape. It has to sort. escape from the. And we have Does to. I, th- I think we have to work some sort of time limit into it. Yeah. So that it only has a, a finite amount of time to do this. And I think about. Um, yeah, you demonstrate early. We, we need that a ticking clock. It turns on the homing beacon or the SOS and it's received and people are coming to save it. But it has to get to somewhere. But but it's going to take too long. And so, like, first it's like, okay, I crashed. I survived. I turned on the beacon. Help is coming. I just have to, like, hang out. And then the escalation is, right, I'm starving to death. And what else? Like, what are the other things that mean it has to save itself? Right? Hmm. This is what we need. Is there a predator of some sort? No. Like hmm. a big cow that just looks and she can eat, cow, eat the plants? What? Well, he's plant-based. Yeah, like, are there... Is there some kind of... Or in the distance. Space cows. <laughs> Dan shaking his head. I'm just kidding, Dan. I know. Uh, what else can go wrong? So if the environment is toxic in some way... There's some amazing precipitation Ooh. types oh there, there you go yeah some sort of storm or some yeah. sort of a thing that comes around like rain diamonds on one of neptune's moons or something like that well you yeah. could have all kinds of different yeah. acid rains which mm-hmm. would be cool so slowly eroding its uh the beacon and the ship itself is slowly dissolving right so that gives a little man we've really set this guy up for success um can we <laughs> yeah is what does he have <laughs> okay, well, it's an alien. What does he, she, it have that we don't, that makes it interesting, that can be a good reveal, like where you're like, oh, man, that sucks. You know, you're giving it the human empathy. You're piling that on. And then all of a sudden, ah, it does something cool. And you're like, whoa, what's the wow factor? Mm. Does it give, does it like open its leaves and give off? What, how how well, do plants thinking, reproduce? Like his tech is all growth, right? So it basically grows its signal sender oh device. nice yeah so it's like a group kind of thing yeah um it's kind of like the tree spaceship in uh sega uh yes right okay kinda so um it's funny how we come at this from like it's kind of like this it's kind of like this but that's kind of how you have to convey these things right what if um like yes. it needs it needs water to power its tech um, but the only source of water is very far away, so it has to like go on these Here you go. arduous Here you trips go. Yeah. to get a bit of water and like carry it back. Yes, and there, not there can be an aspect of the Martian in this where yeah, right. it yeah. has to do something and go far away. So to come what back. if its ship has like this big like root system and it has Ooh, to drag like that one of those roots to oh, the water source? Nice. Yeah, there you go. That's right. like the idea. umbilical yeah. ship. Yeah, and so then that is now siphoning. And so then whatever that causes disturbs the environment enough that some other action, like you need to have... Maybe the water is dangerous. There's Maybe there yeah. is something in the water right. that... 
quite yeah. often when you're in the situation, you don't have time to look at everything, every aspect of yeah. every situation. Right. So you'll you'll rush it. Okay, here's where the water is. I got to stick my thing in there yeah. and get the water. But then that disturbs. A, maybe there is a creature now in the yeah. water, mm-hmm. right? Maybe there's something there that that's being affected by um, this this character's actions. Maybe there's a civilization on the planet, but it's very tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like they're like, like minuscule in like size. Gulliver's like Gulliver's Travels. Yeah. No, I don't like that. I'm vetoing that. I am Groot. The alien craft crashes. It has to grow some components. In order to grow those components, it diminishes it's... because of how its tech works. Yeah. And in order to survive now the alien rainstorm that's dissolving it, it needs to be able to regrow more of that shielding. So now it must risk the journey to drag its root system to a source of liquid in order to replenish it. Drag its roots or um, there was an old Jackie Chan movie where he had this training montage where he had to take this huge bucket of water that had a hole in the bottom of it and go to the water source and drag it back and slowly fill up this large... Tub. That's right, because it was heavy at the beginning, and then he would just get a splash at the end, yeah, and slowly fill up the tub. Yeah, you could have something like that. I, I do like the root system idea. Yeah, the root too, system though. is more um, apropos to the right. entire. Yeah, it, so I like this. Everything tech-based. He needs water. Water is far away. That is kind of the huge. Okay, so what I like about this is it takes the most standard trope of the crashed ship. Mm-hmm. And by making the protagonist an alien protagonist, but still using understood, like it's alien, but it's a plant, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like weird that they're plants, but we understand how plants work and we understand the tropes of science fiction. And so when you put those two things together, you don't have to do too much exposition. But how is the audience going to care about a plant? Like the audience is going to want to... You give it a face. Think mm-hmm. about... No, the first rule of animation is once you give something a face, yeah. right? Like that freaking candlestick. You don't you don't care about a candlestick, but as soon as he has a face and he's singing, then <laughs> so you want right. this to be musicals? No, what I'm just saying is as soon as it has a face, so we give the guy a face, it's even though it's kind of not really realistic. For, for, are you saying you don't like Groot? <laughs> I love Groot, but right? It's, uh, this isn't Groot we're talking about. No, we we are talking about something more similar to a Triffid than anything else. Are we? That's what I have in my head. Oh well, that's what I, I guess we gotta so. So Dan brings up an excellent point. We have to anthropomorphize the plant main character so that we can identify with it. That's right. Yeah, I guess right? so. Yeah. Uh, if it's a short, short story, you don't. Okay. Because just the interesting premise is over when the story is over, right? Mm-hmm. About as long as your attention span of like, oh, it's a cool, oh, it's a plant, oh, it's going to be the, right? By the time that's all over, you don't have to identify because the interesting part's done too. If it's a longer story or film or graphic novel or narrative, then you must have a way to identify it. Yeah. Um, so you have to show it in pain. You have to show it suffering. You have to give it a face with features that match your own. And those trigger all of those parts of the human, your own human anatomy that make you go, ooh, ouch. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. When it starts to wither, you have to, right? show its weakness is it enough to have like a, like a semblance of a face like something like yeah approximately you don't have to have a cartoony face like with a grin you can just have a no, yeah. like two eyes and a mouth yeah maybe two eyes and a nose and a mouth i think you're probably not right. even a nose i don't think we need no at this nose. point yeah i think it's dan nose no nose if i were just to saying, draw this i'd want nose it's is a pretty useless thing to begin with yeah what 
is tech to have some kind of bioluminescence. So oh, like yeah. it's glows. Yep. Like, yeah, some kind of glowing thing. We can almost, something that resembles a map so it can see where the water is and blah, blah, blah. And you could have that in the creature itself. <coughs> it lights up and like maybe, you know, it's a very healthy blue and stuff at the beginning. And as time goes on, it goes yellow and orange and then starts Ooh, to die. I have some like, stakes that we can raise. Right? What if one of the aliens is awake and a few of the other creatures are like fruiting on the ship. They're like still connected to it. So he has to keep the ship alive because his crew is also, or the passengers or whatever, you can see them. In the type of like cryo or their yeah, version they're, of... I imagine them kind of like hanging like big fruit things right. on the <laughs> yes. ship. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And inside you can see the same shape of the creature. And So it's quite a big ship. It's not yeah, a... Yeah, it's big yeah, enough yeah. that he can run around and he can do stuff. But it raises the stakes where we can show him caring for something else, which activates our empathy, right? I, okay, the root umbilical idea, he starts dragging this towards the water. It goes and goes and goes, and Not like 20 enough. feet from where it needs to, it runs out of. Yeah. So now he has to dig like a little river trench. Oh, to pull the yeah. water back. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. And once it activates, we see the root grow and yeah. stretch and do all that kind of stuff. But yeah, until then, there's just not enough resources. Okay, but so he gets the water, but something has to interrupt that or make that, like maybe that's where we get some precipitation or something that ruins that umbilical. Okay, and so, so in space you have, I mean, as if, you know, I just set it, as, set it up as if I'd been there. Like in space, in my experience with space, you have a big moon casting a shadow the temperature variation can be enormous. Right. So when the yeah. sun is shining, the fluids are liquid. And when it's dark, they're frozen and it doesn't work mm -hmm. the same way. Right. So the root system is only drawing that power when the fluid is liquid, but not when it's frozen. Maybe he just, it's almost like time stops because once it gets cold, like oh, our trees, like he just he just goes into like gargoyle stone mode, right? Oh, like he becomes and tutorial, so his yeah. nights are completely he can't do anything at night. So yeah. we could just, show things that come out at night that eat and gnaw. Oh, at him. and he's like, just frozen in. What if there's some weird ice bug kind of like <laughs> it's like elm beetles, right? That like mm -hmm. come out yeah. at night and they slowly eat at him, and so you have those scenes where. You see him being diminished, and he can't help it. He can't but he do can anything. feel it, and you can watch. Oh, that's hor horrible. You're a monster, Justin. <laughs> You're a monster. Why I would think you, that why, was mostly Why you. does this guy have to suffer <laughs> so much? I didn't want him to get slowly eaten. That was all you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. But I like, I like the idea of, of not being able to move at night, but being aware of what's going on at mm -hmm. night. Like that, That's kind of your frozen... Um, and, and there's our ticking clock. He's getting yeah. withered. He's getting yeah. eaten away. Yeah, exactly. By these things that only come out when it's dark. Just like, just like pitch black. I'm rude. For the dear listener that is saying, you know, okay, I'll say this. When you're starting out making things, you hate when other people compare it to existing properties. Because Sorry. you want to believe. No, no, no. You want to believe that you as a creative person have something new to say. Once you get over that and you realize you're not special <laughs> and that it's useful to use a vocabulary of pre-existing things. Isn't that how all movies are, are pitched? It's this meets this. Mm -hmm. That's like 
people. What was it that uh, I think of uh, Scott Ford in his Arkland? It's, it's Zelda meets something. I don't District remember. Nine. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like that's really and that you immediately know what that means. Right now, it's made of different stuff. Yeah. Right. Once it's made. But in order for people to understand your story, you need a vocabulary that they understand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, vocabulary is just your way of constructing metaphor. Metaphor is our way of bridging understanding around difficult concepts. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a, metaphor is a technology. You think about it like that. And that technology only works when it has the right inputs. Right, and we have to have the same operating system in order for that metaphor to what work. What did this this podcast just become a tech podcast? What happened? Uh, no, it became uh, my dissertation on the way that <laughs> stories are technology. Right. Okay. They have Got to transfer it. information. Okay, so he's uh, stuck. And by the way, we keep referring to it as a him, but yeah. it might not have a let's gender. Let's name it. Oh, that's a good idea. Hmm. <laughs> what was that? That's, that's his a, name. Yeah. And I think there there should be like little alien word bubbles and stuff. Like he is talking to himself. But like we little, can't the little lines it. that Woodstock says. Okay, so Snoopy. like yeah, so like if it was a graphic yeah. novel, we would use an alien language, and you could use the expressive uh, font styles that you're used to in graphic novels to show agitation and to show you know, this, but no one would understand what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, if it's a film, yeah, you just have him make agitated noises. Um, you see, my I always, I always, not that I, I, you know, I understand in filmmaking, in television filmmaking, the limitations of special effects, especially back when you go to Star Trek and that kind of stuff. Yeah. All the aliens are humanoid. All the aliens yeah. are, you know what I mean? That's just kind of was the nature of it. You had yeah. to put some yeah. putty on somebody's face, and you've got an alien. <laughs> but I know that realistically, that's very unlikely. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. In so fact, I always want to fight against that idea of making it a humanoid right but you make a good point about it that helps make the character the audience sympathetic to the character if they we think that they're like this so i don't know i'm I'm kind of i don't want a groot but i don't want to i don't want uh it's somewhere between the trivet and groot that's kind of what we want here i'm just looking at different house plant names just maybe we can pick something out of a out of a um maybe a latin name or something What's that? Clory. Clory. It's like Clor. <laughs> Phil. His name's Phil. Chlorophyll. Chlorophyll. First name. <laughs> First name Clor. Last name Phil. So Phil is tra- crashes his working plant, title plant ship on an alien world, and the environment, right, and his own inability to deal with the inhospitable environment are the main threats. Yeah. Right. The beetles are not, in and of themselves, evil. No. They're simply a function of this world that he's not supposed to be on. Right? And so... S- and in, in that way, I think you build some empathy with that character. On his first walk, he could go and he could see a little bit of plant life, mm-hmm. and, like take notice of it, and then he goes a bit further and he sees that same plant life that's been eaten up. Yeah, like there's So a- that we can foreshadow that there is something that eats it. Well, yeah, but yeah, we yeah. don't see that until the first time it gets cold. Well, you could have a big mountain. You could establish this idea that they only come out at night by having a huge like outcropping that reaches almost to space on the mm. planetoid that casts a shadow that creates a darkness and a cold so that those things are in there. And then when the, the sun sets, right, that shadow gets wider and wider and wider until it encompasses his ship and the feeding pattern of those things also stretch out as a result. We should also right. have a scene where, if it were humans, they'd all be dead. 
but this thing it absolutely doesn't yeah. maybe we can show dead humans on the planet <gasps> you oh. could show other crashed ships it's like the bermuda triangle of oh, space oh there we yeah. go i like that idea yeah, yeah yeah and you don't have to explain how or why if you show other crashed vessels it's also a trope of science fiction right whatever has brought them here and caused it to crash you never know right right <laughs> maybe he finds a a human astronaut that's unconscious and he takes off his helmet to see if he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he that's awful, and I love it. <laughs> I hope that makes it past the first draft. Yeah. Yeah, it's like really trying to care for him. And Maybe that's why he crashed. Uh, his ship and a human ship collided and both crashed. Oh. Well, then, then we're getting into Enemy Mine. Enemy Mine. Yeah. I love that film. It's a great movie. Um, and I was But they're s- killing, trying to kill each other. They well, that, that was, yeah, that's why, that's what makes that such a good movie is that it is two, two warring factions against each other and then become, they become a family and have a child yeah. together. Um, and the humans die, but there's a little rover AI that's left over. So oh, gotta, gotta get a robot in there. Yeah, little, you little just want a little robot. Little. God damn you and your robots. There are no robots in this one. Aww. If they are, they're smashed. They're dead. Robots. What do you like think a plant robots would look like? Rover? That's an interesting idea. What would a plant robot look like? A plant species, if they were to create robots, what would they look like? Right. Interesting. Mm. Hold on. Let's follow that through. Okay. They'd be... Hmm. There's those So we trees. build our robots by having them mimic our thought processes and make them out of more durable yeah now now i know that i mean the popular trope is that robots do look like humans but there are very few robots real robots that actually look like humans right they tend to have more design functionality yeah right you know what i mean so they look more like tanks or little things that go around but um but maybe a plant would think more in terms of uh, certainly they would think more in terms of a solar energy um, powered robot. So or that feels like an entire discussion for a separate. Probably. You know, yeah. like this yeah. is one of those moments, but this is important to point out that when you're breaking story, when you're figuring out what a story is, you have all kinds of room for diversion. Yeah. So that's something that we could explore at a different time. Right. And you have to be aware of the thing that takes you from the core idea. What is the threat that this guy is under? If we can come up with a way to show a robot derived of an alien technology that adds to this idea that he's under threat, then sure. I, I don't want like any humans or robots to show right. up in the story, but I love the idea that we start off following a human spaceship and you think that's like, these are the people that you're going to be following, crashes into this alien spaceship, we land, and oh. then we just ignore the, like, the humans. I just figured it out. The alien, okay, so the human, it's the classic human sci-fi story. The human ship is responding to a distress call and it gets close enough that whatever befell the first ship befalls the second and it crashes nearby. And then you have the alien show up and try to help and pulls his helmet off. And that's, I don't know if we need that. Right? But you can show that it's this lack of understanding, like that it's not malice. No. Right? It's that it is made of a completely different biology. Yeah. You're, oh my God, you're stuck in that suit. Let me help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me get you out of there. You need cool. sun. Yeah, you need the sunlight. I'll help you. <laughs> Let's get right? this dark helmet off. I yeah. love it. I love that. And, and then, then the flame. story <laughs> continues that you've established that it's like a Bermuda Triangle. There's all these ships, and this one plant-based ship is the only one that's going to stand a chance to escape because all these other um, mammalian-style technology developments will not work. Right. Right? Oh, but the fact cool. that the plant can grow a new part of itself... And maybe it's another fruiting thing. Like he's not trying to get the ship off. He's trying to grow a new, grow a new stage. Like get it, 
to the stage where it can grow a new part of itself and then take off. Hmm. And maybe he can only grow one big enough for the sleeping. Yeah, and he stays behind. And he has to stay behind. Yeah, I've got a title. What is it? Deadheading. Deadhead. Oh, right. When you pull the, the dead it stuff it's, off it's, of plants. Yeah, that's our working title. Deadhead. Dead. There we go. Not not cool. to be confused with the fans of the Grateful Dead. Right. Who Maybe that's not also a are really interested in plant-based medicines. We are good. What's the climactic moment that pits the maximum amount of drama, right, and risk and stakes? So he has a new ship. You see him fill it up with the sleeping yeah. companions. Yeah. And then at the end of it, there's not enough room for him, so he just closes it up and sends it off. Sends it off. But uh-huh. he's all weak and tiny at this point. Right. Oh, what he could do, though, is he could take a seed or something from himself and put it in the there ship. There we go. Yeah. And, then he, and so he shows no remorse because like, he's, of a different, he's an alien species. He lives right? on, like, though. He'll live on completely yeah. in that other thing. Or that, you know, yeah. you suppose you could have that happen so then you'd have this like final moment where like you show some celestial event where the where the sun is going to be hidden for like you could have another moon slowly moving in so that there's like the one that's casting the regular shadow and a third one that's going to create a longer lasting shadow uh, that's for a long pitch period black of time. time i think yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah in the movie pitch black the monsters can only come out at night and there's only the planet is always in sunlight because there's like three suns except for one week yeah, of passes behind the a year. gas giant or something and yeah then, yeah it's an eclipse yeah so same kind of deal we could show on his like monitors his bioluminescent monitors here's the water and here's like what's yeah, going to happen with the the suns and the moons and oh my god there's yeah you yeah. show the celestial mechanics and again i mean it's like an old trope but it's a useful one you need a time you need to have a time bomb in there somehow like something they're racing against you need to have the ability to suffer that is uh, prefigured. You need to have seen the suffering before and know that it will get worse in order to raise those stakes. And you need to have empathy where you show the character, right, feeling for another thing and having this moment where it has to decide, am I more important than the other people? Yeah. Right? That's good. And so you have all of that stuff. And then all the beetles are coming and you can have the final scene him being completely devoured by that beetle. And then, and then the ship going off. Yeah, and the ship going off. That's good. That's yeah. very good. And then another human craft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Cool. There See, we go. Easy as that. Easy as that. Um, this has been Deadhead, brought to you by Dan, Justin, and Gregory. Um, uh, this has also been Super Pulp Science, where we uh, talk about how genre gets made, and we're encouraging you to tell stories, make comments. And join the fight. I did that all in the wrong order. (laughs) (laughs) Tell stories, join the fight, and make comments.